Hey, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of September 26, 2011. This is episode 120. I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing agency putting on the podcast. With me today are, is, Jack, are, uh, is, Jack, are. <laughs> Jack, you were tackle co-coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, <clears throat> excuse me, creative director at Interval. A frog in my throat there. Hey, just as a reminder, <laughs> Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast is a forum for riffing and ranting on hot or important healthcare marketing topics, trends, and ideas with a whole lot of other noise thrown in. We want to remind people, you know, they're tuning in for the first time. What the hell this thing is? It's very helpful. Do you think that's helpful? I think mm-hmm. the name says it all. Probably does. Probably does. But every once in a while, we can throw that in there. Yeah. So how's uh, how's everybody's week going? Good. It's Friday. Yeah, it's almost done. That's always good. Yes. And Adam, mm-hmm. you had a birthday this week. I did. The big three, four, officially into my mid thirties now. Unquestionably, unequivocally, unequivocally. Oldie, watch your tongue. <laughs> God, I remember when I'm I was surrounded. like whatever age and thinking thirties just seemed like so old. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Well, I don't no. know. I mean, is it has as thirty has what is thirty did people actually feel old at thir- in their thirties at one point in time? I think well, the turning point's like, like forty. No, it's not. This <laughs> is like shut <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> No, I think most people feel way younger than – I feel like I'm in my early 20s. I think most people feel – not most people. A lot of people feel way younger than their age. And there's yeah. that stupid cliche that, you know, the 40s is the new 30s and the 50s right. are the new 40s. Right. <clears throat> I don't Whatever. know. I, guess, I just yeah, hope I when I get to the 60s, it's the new 30s. I don't feel old. You look well, old, that's though. that's good. You look like yeah. crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. We better <laughs> – we better get to the stuff. We have a lot of good stuff today. Good stuff. Healthcare marketing it. stuff. And we have a new feature that's just for Jackie. <gasps> I know, just for you. Nothing's ever just for me. But this one is. So it's either about Woo. clothes or dining out, I'm guessing. Wow. Thank you, Adam, <laughs> for making is... me sound so substantial. <laughs> that's just raw. Hey, that's not raw. Not the... I, I don't do either one of those things, really. So it's not like... Uh... Dude, you're gonna have every female listener we have like sending emails. Yeah. <laughs> so because so, Jackie's gonna... a woman, all it is is about d- eating and shopping. Is that what you're saying? So you're saying it's not I'm about gonna... eating. Right you're saying I'm gonna get an email. Okay, now this the new segment is now for you too. <laughs> Wait till we get to it. You guys will love it. Okay. Just that comment's a perfect segue. We should. You know what? I'm just gonna go right to the new segment based on that. I'm gonna skip yeah. the updates and go right to it. This new segment's called listener shout out. And it was initially for Jackie, who probably on a bi-podcast basis laments the fact we have no audience, which I <laughs> greatly dispute. And so now Adam is just piled on by saying the one female listener. And I don't think yeah. you guys give credit for how often we hear from people. So today I got an email from somebody and I said, you know what? We're going to start celebrating our listenership. One, to make Jackie feel better about herself and our podcast. But also because I think the people that listen to us, we're kind of like a tribe. We're kind of like a, I don't know what you would call. A cult? Almost a cult. Yes. 
If you listen to this podcast, you're part of our cult. Well, it's a good and a bad thing. <laughs> but but we need to know who each other are so we can stick together because we're fighting the good fight, right? Mm-hmm. So so this one goes out to you, Jackie. This was an email I got this morning from Mike Pauley, Director of Web Strategy and Internet Communications at the Healthcare Association of New York State. That's East Coast, baby. We get them on the East Coast, West Coast. We get international. You writing that down? He says, International? Quote, I love the AHCMB podcast. Glad someone is sounding the wake-up call. And then he goes on to ask for, uh, he, he wants to have a chat about making the case for social media because he's still finding in his association that there are uh, organizations where the CEO is, uh, who pro- they say no or, it, you know, at best tolerates social media. So I'm going to chat with Mike and probably turn him on to some of our more sophisticated social media experts. We know who they are, correct? If you listen to the last podcast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So there, every I encourage all of you listeners out there, Jackie needs a boost. I guess Adam does too. They need to show that, that we are making an impact. So send, send us your emails, your questions, your shout-outs, and we'll read them on the air. It's a new segment. Word. Listener shout-out. Hey, I've okay. come around. There. Do you feel better? Well, yes. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. Maybe once we get a few more shout outs. No, I'm kidding. I believe we have more listeners ever since you yelled at me for being so negative. So it's okay to be sarcastic, but every once in a while, I think we have to celebrate the fact that we there is a tribe, there is a cult, there's an arrogant marketing, arrogant healthcare marketing bastard cult. Well, we're not the only bastards. They're all they're all oh, bastards. Clearly, with us. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I would wholeheartedly agree. We should make T-shirts. We should. I'm a bastard. And send them. That's right. So we're going to do that. There's my commitment. If you send in a note to us, you're going to get an American, an arrogant healthcare marketing bastards T-shirt or mug. How about mug? Nobody's going to wear that. Yes, but the note will have to be in the form of a like an iTunes comment. Well, it could be an email to us. No, it should be an iTunes comment. Actually, it should be someplace that is okay. you know visible to the to the world. Fine. I want a T-shirt. iTunes, iTunes or on, on iTunes. the website. Yeah, or, or, or website on too. Facebook maybe if you listen okay. to us there. Are we really going to make shirts? Well, we'll make something. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe people can vote for what they want. <laughs> but this has obviously we need a time frame here. If someone's listening to this next year and thinks they they're going to get a, you know, a t-shirt no, because I think we, we do so. it. I think we do it for the rest of the year. Anybody we hear from in 2011 gets some kind of tchotchke. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need <laughs> we might need a few more comments on itunes for them to start showing up because it still says like you don't have enough comments for them to show up so yeah let's try as we see them t-shirts are coming out good that's a good idea okay t-shirts or bugs or something a scarf perhaps an arrogant healthcare marketing bastard garf maybe maybe a magnet or a pen maybe a a magnet pen (laughs) a mag pen a mag pen okay we got to keep going we got so much stuff we're never gonna get done Let's hurry. Uh, no, it's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> the Whipper Miss webinar is on, so so tune in uh, next week, Wednesday, October fifth. Uh, so if you missed Chris Boyer and I at Shushmid in our wellness and branding presentation, this will be very close to that. <clears throat> and you can we'll provide a link, but you can uh, search for Whipper Miss W H P R M S. They're promoting it now, and I believe it's a free webinar. So sign up. Join us. One more thing. I think we need to explain Amazon. 
just to make sure people understand that we're not smoking something over here. So everybody knows the book is out. We're going to talk about the book. Joe Public doesn't care about your hospital. But I tell you, dealing with Amazon has been, I've said this before, maybe on the podcast, has been dealing, like dealing with like a 1970s Soviet style (laughs) bureaucratic government. So all of a sudden I got an email last week saying, hey, Chris, I want to buy your book, but uh, on Amazon it said it's out of print. Now, this thing has been in print for like two weeks, <laughs> and we, we, we're smart enough to order more than like 20 copies, so that's, that was blatantly wrong, and apparently they made some error. Uh, what's interesting is when they run out of stock, so they're kind of like just in time, and, and they get it from distributors, they run out of stock, they, they tag the item as uh, no longer in print or out of print, which is really a misstatement. Nice. It should yeah. say out of stock. Um, and the problem was it wasn't even out of stock. They just made a mistake, but then of course they fixed it. (laughs) And when they corrected it, they put this statement on, um, typically ships in one to two months. That also is not accurate. It usually takes about two to three days to get to you once you buy it. So if it's in stock anyway, so we just want to point that out. If you're having problems with Amazon, be patient. They'll, they'll sort them out. Fair enough. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. Okay, you ready to dig into a really good one? Now that we got that, that all that business all taken care of, let's get of. that business. Let's talk about quality. <laughs> the quality of quality. Woohoo! Woo! We're gonna dive in deep now. So, what we're <laughs> what we're talking about here? Uh, you know, I thought of this this morning because this is my third book. Joe Public doesn't care about your hospital, and each time. It, it, I could like time the number of days until I, the book comes out. After the book comes out, and I go, you know, I give it a, a Homer Simpson like, don't, I didn't cover this, or I should have covered that. And this is one of those things that I wish I had gone into a little more detail in, in the book. I think you'll be able to derive from the book where we're going with the idea of uh, using quality in your marketing and promotions, but I don't address it as explicitly or as deeply as I probably should have. So I'm going to write a follow-up blog post, uh, but I thought we could cover it here today. And what we're talking about is, so if you know about Joe Public, the book is about five ways you need to change. The namesake uh, chapter, chapter one, is about Joe Public doesn't care about your hospital, which essentially says the vast majority of people out there don't need your service, so they don't care about your service, which means the traditional way we always talk about uh, our hospitals and health systems don't really have an effect. I'm going to read again from the book to catch you up to that. And then we're going to bring it back to quality. So if Joe Public doesn't care, why or why do hospitals and health systems spend so much of their valuable marketing dollars promoting all the ratings, rankings, and awards they win? Now, I think as I read through this, you could just substitute ratings or rankings with quality outcomes or quality reporting. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. For me to for me to be impressed about your award, I have to care about your award. But I don't care about you, so who cares about your award? Open houses, construction updates, awards, advertising, featuring your wonderful staff, awesome physicians, or cyber technology. All these are chest-pounding, you-focused messages that assume the recipient of the message cares about the organization. They don't. So that's a, an excerpt that kind of reflects our attitude about quality data. Mm-hmm. In other words... Uh, should you use uh, outcomes, quality data, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways to define this to help build your brand or promote your hospital. And we would say equivocally, equivocally, 
We would say <laughs> for certain, <laughs> no, if you're talking to Joe Public. So I thought we could kind of go through that because you hear a lot of people. In fact, I heard this at Shushman. I think every year there's a few presentations where people say the exact opposite, that you should be out there promoting your hospital or healthcare system with quality data. Right. Okay. So uh, why is this? Okay. Uh, you know, again, I read that excerpt, didn't say quality data, but the same principles apply here. Uh, we don't think it's the best platform at all if you're going out to the general public. So first of all, we just said why Joe, Joe doesn't care. All right. The, the principle that 75% roughly of consumers in a market don't need a hospital or health system means they don't care. So they don't care about your quality data because they're not in need of your service. Mm-hmm. So that's the first reason. <clears throat> the second is uh, we firmly believe that as of this day, maybe this will change, Joe doesn't understand what the hell you're talking about when it comes to quality data, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, it's kind of gross if you're talking about um, you know, morbidity rates or uh, infection <laughs> rates or things like yeah. that. Uh, but Joe has a real hard time. Joe understands three stars and five stars, which is a whole nother kind of discussion. Uh, but if Joe tries to dig in to understand the difference between three and five stars, and we're talking about Joe public now, um, most people don't get that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And then finally, it's really not that differentiating in most cases, you know, unless you have unbelievable outcome data, across the board, uh, it's going to be hard to separate yourself from many of the other organizations in your market. Not always. Uh, and if you have something that's differentiating, you're still stuck with the fact that the, ma- the mass majority of people don't care and don't understand what you're talking about. So that's why when you're talking about general consumers, which is where the majority of hospitals and health systems put their dollar, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think the uh, Shushmid by the numbers uh, shows that... <clears throat> Well, the, the the biggest segment of spend for a hospital marketing department is consumer advertising. So, so that's why we're at. That's why we say that with Joe Public. Now, there are some ways that we I think we need to define this better. So, if you're targeting what we would call prospects, those are the folks that are actually in need of care. So now we're not talking about Joe Public anymore. They're seeking care. Uh, they've been told they need a procedure. They've been told they have some kind of disease or ailment. They may be shopping for care. They may be checking on a referral, whatever. Then I think we would say quality data and all the things that means can be very valuable. Agreed? Yeah, sure. Because first of all, they care. <laughs> they care about whether or not their orthopedic surgeon uh, you know, does a good job or has been um, reprimanded by the medical board or is highly rated. They actually care. Mm-hmm. So in those cases, that information is very valuable. Uh, and even though they may have started out as Joe Public, not understanding, once you, 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 know, you, are, you care about this stuff, you're incented to learn more. Uh, and we've seen this with people with chronic conditions who in many cases know much more about their condition than their primary care physicians. Because primary care physicians can't focus, let's say, on diabetes, can't keep up with all the diabetes literature. Somebody who's dealing with a type 1 diabetes child may be all over that. Maybe, you know, could have a degree in type 1 diabetes because they care and they've gone in and they've learned and they've understood. So those two things are different when you're talking about the audience. The trick is that audience is limited. 
So that's the that's the difference between Joe Public and those prospects. Adam, are you going to say something? No, I was actually just clearing my allergies. You're just breathing. <laughs> I'm just breathing, breathing heavily. heavily in. A- <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so if you're if you're going to use quality data uh, to target prospects, you know what are the things that we would advocate for in using that quality data? Adam, you and I talked about this the other day. What was the one thing you were really harping on? Do you remember? What was I harping on? What do you he always harp harps. on? What do you always harp on? No, he was just passionate. He had a soapbox out. I harp on a lot of things. Weird. I'm trying to remember the context of the conversation so that I could recall what you, it was. We were talking about simplicity and understanding. So when it comes to quality data, you have to make it understandable to folks mm-hmm. if you're going to promote it or use it. Uh, so that's that's important. So help help your prospects, help your patients, those audiences understand what qual you know what outcomes different outcomes mean what different ratings mean all of that kind of quality data uh the second hopefully is that you're talking about things that are good <laughs> and differentiating right mm-hmm. uh you don't want to you know show a trend where your length of stay is increasing which most <laughs> people would understand is a bad thing right or your infection rate is increasing or your mortality you know um, rate of mortality, that kind of thing. Is mortality right. the right word? Am I using the right word? I think so. so. Stuck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I no. I, I recall now. Yeah, I had mentioned remembering as a child, probably I don't know, ten, eleven years old. I you know, live, living in rural Minnesota at the time. I was in the Twin Cities with my father, and I had seen. I read a sign somewhere. It was like a marquee sign, I think, on the University of Minnesota campus, and it was promoting how low the murder rate was and i was just thinking to myself you know even at that young age i was taken aback by it because I, I still just vividly remember it i was like what what like i do not want to live in this what, what, what? i don't want yeah what 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 yeah i, just, <laughs> I don't want to live in a, in the city I mean, that, that, that was like one of those things as like a as a small town kid you're like reminded why you prefer living in a small town it's like really they're talking about the murder rate on a advertisement it was a it was a turnoff as a 10 year old i was like taken aback and turned off so. Right, right. So you just have to be sensitive to how you're. I mean, it may be worth celebrating, especially internally, to use your analogy or metaphor, if you've reduced your rate of mortality with, let's say, cardiac surgery. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say over three years, you've dropped that thing like in half. Okay. Do you really want to run an ad or even a direct mail piece that says, in the last three years, we've cut our rate of mortality in half? Right. That sounds horrific. You yeah. could say, um, our rate of mortality is among the best in the in the country. But again, that should only be targeted toward those people that are going to dig. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to be careful with it. And another thing is, it needs to be meaningful. And we've dealt with this with clients all the time, where they, you know, they find this statistic or this outcome that is so ridiculous. You know, like you know, we have a lower than average rate of infection among patients age 18 to 25 who received the flippo trans orthocranium procedure. You know, like they pay, they've got this little teeny granular thing. It's like, you know, that you perform the flippo trans orthocranium procedure on four people each year. That's not really um, something that can translate to an overall statement of quality. Is that a real procedure? That's outpatient, right? <laughs> Do you think it's a real procedure? <laughs> well, I th- I'm pretty sure that you said it correctly the second time around, so it scares me. <laughs> oh, that's because I'm reading it. Oh. <clears throat> no, that's not a real procedure. 
Maybe it is, and I don't know about it. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of our stand on quality data and how it should be used. It should be said too that we think that you know if you're if you're marketing to referring physicians, then obviously your outcomes and your quality data are very important to them. They do care. So again, to, to juxtapose them with Joe Public, they do care because their mm-hmm. job every day is making sure their patients get the best care. So they want to know when they're sending them on to your system or you know, however it works that they're getting good, decent care on the other side. And they also obviously understand this stuff. Right. Well, you know, and that's, that, that right there is <clears throat> probably one of the reasons that healthcare marketing is always so... I mean, physicians typically have their hands in advertising in some way, shape, or form. Um, and that's not mm-hmm. to say that's a bad thing. I mean, it could be good a lot of times, especially if they're if you can use their expertise in a way that's you know approachable to consumers. But because physicians have kind of always had their hand in it, you know, a lot of times clinical terms get tossed in there. Things that are only meaningful to physicians get tossed in there under this assumption that it means something to Joe Public. Um, and you see that yeah. everywhere. You see it on websites. That's why websites, uh, hospital websites, are typically directed at about four hundred audiences on the homepage or throughout the whole site. With no prioritization to, you know, consumers if that's who you want if that's who you want to focus on, or physicians if that's who you want to focus on, um, or current patients maybe. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's just where healthcare has been, and I hunger for the day that we're not there anymore. <laughs> crave it. I crave it. I thirst. Yes. You're hungry. I am a little hungry. That's a good segue <laughs> into our next topic, Adam. Thank you. Food. But, a, good no. bel- a good belch would have been the good segue in that case. <laughs> so uh, I think it was last week a story came out in the New York Times, <clears throat> and I actually blogged about this. Uh, but the story was about how, uh, according to Cantar Media, which is a unit of WPP, WPP is one of those um, mammoth, ad, you know, one of the top three mammoth ad agencies that owns everything. Um, they did a study, and it showed that. Uh, advertising by American hospitals, clinics, and medical centers rose 20% this year to $717 million. So that's in the first six months of 2011 compared to the first six months of 2010. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my question is, is that a good thing? And my instinct and my reaction is no, it's not because of what we've been talking about. So much advertising from these organizations our organizations is is wasted right because they're they've got the wrong messaging they're doing me too marketing uh it's all reactionary and they're just pouring money i mean it the the start of the article made me sad it said some advertising agencies weathering the economic downturn are getting a shot in the arm for the most suitable of sources hospitals so other than the groan inducing pun in there shot in the arm which this article has like four of those um (laughs) it makes me sad it makes it it makes it seem like ad agencies are turning to a vulnerable audience who doesn't understand or is under pressure to spend money in advertising even when it's not effective like they're sucking lifeblood from our industry i mean we're an advertising agency so Mm -hmm. i feel like i can say that um, are we though are we really well, we're not an ad agency, <laughs> but we do advertising. Yes. <clears throat> we're not an ad agency, but we do advertising. And so it just makes me sad. I mean, I just I just picture all these ad agencies going, you know, we can't get money anywhere else. Let's go to this group. They don't know what yeah. they're doing. They'll spend their money. Um, and then the article kind of goes on to prove the point by calling out these different examples of uh, 
campaigns that are just sad because because <laughs> they're it just it just I don't know I don't know how to put it. Um, let's see, where's an example? Uh, let's see, and I don't mean to pick on anybody, but they're in the New York Times, so sorry. Uh, let's see. In my blog, I wrote the article cites two examples of advertising that help demonstrate why this stuff doesn't work well. A campaign for Lenox Hill Hospital in Manhattan features a street scene and the headline, we can't help you with playoff tickets. We can't help you with the co-op board approval or getting your child into preschool. But if it's really a matter of life and death, we can help. In the same campaign, a print ad touting the hospital's foundation in 1857 states, we had, a cardio- we had cardiologists before the city even had arteries. <laughs> and, and I wrote, these are, as the article notes, different from the typical hospital advertising touting physicians' technology rewards, though the last one touts physicians. So in that way, they're not bad, but they miss the key point. Joe Public doesn't care about your hospital. Since most people aren't in need of it, this stuff isn't relevant to them. And then later, there's an article for Bethesda Heart Hospital in Boynton Beach, Florida, featuring billboards that read, quote, your heirs can wait, unquote, and outlive your foursome. So in other words, they're advertising in near cities that are popular with retirees about how you know, don't, you won't die as soon if you come to us. <laughs> Seriously, that's what those are for. Nice. So it's just discouraging i think that yeah a little bit we just as a, as an industry i just feel like there's so much waste oh yeah, i don't know yeah. yeah we haven't even gotten into things being done to stroke egos within the organization if you want to talk about waste all the stuff is right. done for, for the wrong reasons not i mean we're, we're talking mainly about stuff so far that's just misguided you know people who think they're doing the right thing um but their execution is just you know misguided um, whereas so much others, you know, and, and, and things being done for the wrong reasons altogether, like in stroking egos in the, in the organization is, you know, just another example of, of waste. I'm sure we can come up with many more. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Yeah. I don't know the, in the article, the creative director for the firm that did the, your heirs can wait, outlive your foursome said, quote, the strategy was to focus on the benefit of the hospital. We help you live longer versus the features that they have, great technology, world-class physicians that all other hospitals claim to have as well. And that's, you know, that's a good place to start. That's what we're mm-hmm. saying. But to say that, okay, so then we're going to differentiate ourselves by saying we will care for you. Right. How is that differentiating? Right. Are you honestly saying your claim is that we're going to help you live longer? Yeah. That's a little. That's a little uh, scary. I don't know that you want to make that promise to people. A little so, lofty. Little lofty. Well, that and <laughs> yeah. you're just straight up reminding them that you know, death. They're at death's door. <laughs> right. We're just going to open it a little slower than, than the <laughs> right. other guy. Yeah. Oh well. So anyway, um, and then one more thing. This is new. You guys didn't. This is another new segment. We'll have to remember to bring this back up. Some of our some of our loyal listeners will love this. It's a new game. It's a new game show from the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards. <laughs> Let's play correlation or causation. Are you ready for this game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So do you remember what the difference between correlation and causation is? Sure. I okay. think so. So basically, it's when people are trying to show a relationship between two things, and a correlation is where. Two things are doing the same thing. So usually you think of like a bar graph and let's say, you know, two things are going up, um, the obesity in teens and video game usage. 
They're mm-hmm. both going up over time, okay? So the question is, is something like that uh, correlative, which means they're going up, they're doing the same thing, but they're not necessarily related, or we don't know what the relationship is. Where causal is, you can show that there is a relationship. So that right. statistic we've harped on because Adam and I are huge video game fans forever because people will always say, look, this proves that video games are bad because they cause teens to, to become overweight. When you can look at that and go, well, how do you know it's just not teens are becoming more overweight and, and sed- senten- sedentary? sedentary, <laughs> right? For other reasons, which, mm-hmm. you know, they're sitting their butt on the couch, which means they're going to spend more time playing video games, right? Yep. So so here's an example, and this is, again, advertising, and this is why you have to be so careful when you're claiming results from particularly advertising that you can't tie back. So this was actually in today's um, <clears throat> healthcare communications newsletter from Reagan, okay? And I don't, I don't know if it was the top story, but it was close. The headline says, in-your-face ads cut meth use 63% in Montana. So I don't know if you guys have seen this, if you've ever been to Montana or some other states have them. There's these ads, and if you're driving around, you see them on billboards, and they show people that have just been decimated by meth. I've seen those. Yeah, They've I been here. We've had something like that here. Maybe, yeah. 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 They're, they're disgusting. I mean, they're just their mouths. Yeah, they're like teeth are, they're missing. Yeah. Their faces are it's all like scratched shock up. shock factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's bad, yeah. right? Uh, and so... What this is talking about is the success of these ads in Montana. And the story talks about it and goes on to say, in Montana, which began using a series of graphic television ads six years ago, meth use by teens is now is down is now down sixty three percent. Now that statement, I'm sure the sixty three percent is based on some data that is provable or close mm-hmm. to provable. Uh oh. Speaking of meth. The, the cops heard us talking about They're coming busted. to get you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that statement, listen to that statement. Um, meth use by teens is down 63%. They began using a series of... So it's not... That statement is not trying to tie it together. But the whole story does. The headline, which right. says, uh, again, in-your-face ads <clears throat> cut meth use 63%. So basically, the headline makes it sound like because of the ads, right. meth use drops 63%. Right. Now, all you have to... I mean, first of all, I don't think you have to know much about meth, uh, you don't have to like study this to kind of guess that there might be other reasons. What could be some of the reasons that you two could think of without even researching this, that this might've other drugs that are more popular. Yeah. What are we hearing about now? That's like, what's the thing that's happening now? That's like, it's uh, tea leave tea, something tea, isn't it bagging? I don't know. No, no, no bath salts. That's it. Bath salts. Bath salts. Oh yeah. It's been a huge story of that. Bath salts are legal. Um, it's I won't get into it, but it's this new wave <laughs> of um, legal drugs because they're using legal things. Uh-huh. But a lot of times they're made with like ammonia sure. and dog crap, and um, <laughs> and there, you're just seeing this huge incident of Yummy. cases. So so it could be that. So what else could it be? <clears throat> do you, do you remember what happened here um, a number of years ago that was that that affected almost all of us, uh, but was related to meth use? No. no. Do do you uh, do you remember if you had a cold, perhaps, and you went in to buy? Oh, they started. Yeah, the um, uh, certain particular certain some kind of drug you couldn't get over the over the counter anymore. You had to get it. Yeah, pseudoephedrine. Yeah, yeah. You had to like it, they kept it behind the counter. You had to ask for it and like show right. ID, and you could only get some sign. Much and... Yep, yep. That's because that's a major ingredient in meth, 
And so a lot of states, Minnesota was one of the leading ones, passed laws restricting the purchase of pseudofedrin. Mm-hmm. Which I've heard, you know, just from news stories over the years, that that's had a huge effect. Well, in Montana, they also passed these laws in 2005. Mm-hmm. Federal laws enacted in 2006. So, right. you know, that could have a huge impact oh, yeah. on meth use, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not saying that these ads weren't effective. We don't know, I guess, from, from the statistics that are being right. given to us. But it's a mistake to say that the ads caused a 63% decrease. And that's where yeah. if you do that kind of stuff with your hospital advertising, you get yourself in deep trouble unless you can prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's so typical. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's just a perfect example of you know government-run agencies claiming, really trying to convince the public that their efforts... Wait, wait, wait. Before what? your rant continues, it wasn't a government-run agency. Well, well, it was a f- foundation started by somebody who had meth in their... Like a meth tragedy in their family and... So it's a private. Sure. Just a, either either way, I think it's a good example of just somebody who's clearly not using scientific data or really deep analysis to figure it out. They just they just they want to claim that obvious efforts um, are what's to to hang the hat on that 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 that's the cause of that's that's why things are better um, and just to, you know to justify continuing to do that. And maybe that they truly believe it, they probably do, but. Uh, it's just so unfortunate because it's so misguided. Well, and here's yeah. the thing. I want to give these people the benefit of the doubt, Adam, because it's called the Montana Math Project. And I did a little research before the podcast. It shows up everywhere. And and a lot of people give it credit for having an impact. But the point is they did a lot of things. The law changed. Uh, they did education in schools. They had you know more police focus on it. And they had the advertising. So I haven't seen as of yet that this Montana meth project is claiming that the advertising was it. It's more or less just this article. That's it's this article. Okay. Well, then, yeah, <laughs> yeah then, it's so this article. No offense to them then. I mean, certainly, right, certainly right. there are people who are, you know, doing the proper, doing proper research. But then you've got people who like to glamorize things. Yes. But, you know, I got something in the mail a few weeks ago. I'm struggling to remember what it was, but I was just rolling my eyes as I was reading it. I think it was something about the roads it was something from local law enforcement claiming that advertising was the is what was to cause for some changes and i was like i, I wish i remembered what it was but i was just rolling my eyes cuz it was exactly that it was it was just so misleading yeah mm-hmm. it's just dangerous so if if you're running an ad campaign and you see this is a classic example so let's say you run an ad campaign for a year on orthopedics and Within that year, your orthopedic volumes increased 10%. You need to be careful that you don't go to your leadership and say, we ran this campaign and we caused a 10% increase in volumes. You better make sure you understand, you know, A, what have the competitors been doing? Did they close orthopedic centers? Was there capacity issues with their physicians? Uh, did you add physicians or capacity? Did you improve your physician relationships, your physician referral channels? Did you improve your patient experience? I mean, you can go on and on and on. Did you know? Did there was there just a demographic shift in your market where the incidence of people needing joint replacement surgery, for example, increased? So again, it's not to say that your advertising doesn't have an impact. You just need to be careful about how you celebrate it because it can get you in trouble with the people that will ask those questions. Right. Yeah. All right. So we're we're pretty long. One yeah. more. You know, we have one more thing on the agenda. We're going to do it anyway. Let's do it. 
Just real quick, real quick, because <laughs> it's related to advertising and gross pictures. And it was a billboard, Adam, that you found for what the movie Contagion. Yeah, yeah. There's a site that I subscribe to called Devour.com. They post interesting content. If you don't subscribe to it, I would highly recommend it because they just they post interesting, like high quality videos. Um, they kind of give you a summary of a bunch of cool stuff. This is one of them that was in a summary, I think, last week. Uh, it's for the movie Contagion, and it's a couple of billboards that they did in some storefront windows. Um, that at first glance, or at, fir- at first, not, not at first glance, but at first, when they went up in the windows, they were blank. Because um, what they were were giant Petri dishes. So behind the uh, waxy substance or whatever that is that's in a Petri dish was the word contagion. And they had used light boards to trace um, like, like uh, cultures onto, the, onto these giant square Petri dishes um, over the text contagion. And then they put them up in the window. So over the period of time, whether it was days or a week or whatever, these, you know, it's, the dishes started to grow, the fungus or the bacteria, whatever that is. <laughs> And it was just disgusting, but at the same time, it was also perfect for this for this movie. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and it really cool looking. And there's and so they had lots of uh, footage of people out on the out on the street just staring at these things. Like at first, you know, it's kind of like, "What is that?" And then things started growing slowly, and they're still like, "What?" And then eventually, it was like you could read Contagion, and people were staring at it, you know, mm-hmm. in awe and disgust with how you know gross this gigantic petri dish of grossness is in front of their eyes it's just it was it's fascinating but am- yeah, yeah. an amazing you know gorilla tactic yeah yeah it helps to see the video of the progression it's quite cool yeah and gross we'll provide it <laughs> cool we'll gross. put a link we'll link it up so you're saying it's gross it's gross and awesome it's cool gross <laughs> and epic <laughs> all right well that's a good one to end on so yeah. some good advertising bacteria do it know it <laughs> love it <laughs> All right, well, we better sign off or people are going to drop like flies. If they haven't already. Yep. If they haven't already. All right, for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritaco. And Adam Meyer. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us. 